Abba Yahweh. Bless the sharing of the word and the sharing with my brothers and sisters. What I have to say is in truth, uprightness and righteousness, Father, that they would hear that and understand that. They that have ears, let them hear. Father God, Yahweh, Amma, Yeshua Amma, Parakritos Amma. So, brothers and sisters, I bring that, and I bring the word, and I share with you some things that have been going through my mind today, thinking on, and the Spirit has brought me around to look at these things and to share with you some things for ponderance. I have heard individuals and those even within the church body that have made statements like, Oh, I believe in God. I believe there is a God. I just don't uh, believe in the miracles and things like that, but I believe in God. Well, hmm. I have a problem there because, first of all, if you believe in God and you express that, but yet you don't believe that he's capable of doing those things, then the question I have is, where is thy faith? Brothers and sisters, <laughs> there are many individuals that bring that up. And there are some churches that their doctrine within the body of that church is that they don't believe in the age of miracles and that there are no gifts of the Spirit anymore because the time does not require that any longer. We've basically what they're saying is that we've outgrown God. Really? I defy anyone to find a scripture anywhere in the Bible that speaks to this and tells me, and they can show it to me and give me the chapter and verse where God says that in the year 2021 or in the modern age or in the time, there will come a time where man will outgrow me and the age of miracles will cease and that the gifts of the Spirit will no longer be required because man has figured out everything they need to figure out on their own. And yeah, does that sound sarcastic? Well, it should because it's meant to. There is nowhere in the Bible anywhere in any part of the Bible, Old or New Testament, in the prophecies or in the gospel of Jesus Christ or in the book of Revelation that says that the age of miracles will cease and that the gifts of the Spirit will cease because man has figured it all out on his own. Instead, the Bible tells us that we need to turn to God, continually turn to God, Paul preaches and exhorts the churches to continually be in prayer, prayer without ceasing. You do not have to take a prayer posture of kneeling or prostrate on the ground and face on the floor and outstretched. That's Those are prayer postures of surrender to God, which is applicable in some cases, but that's not always required. I pray at my job while I'm driving down the road, and I can't very well take a prayer posture while I'm doing that. 
I pray for my safety and good judgment and for the Holy Spirit to guide me, to keep my folks that are with me safe and to keep those around me safe. My prayer goes through the course of the day. I also pray for you, brothers and sisters, during the course of the day. I pray on my going out, my coming in, and during the day. There might be a break in between now and then during the course of the day, but I pray throughout the day. That's what Paul advises me to do in the scripture, in the Bible, as it is the inspired word of God, the author and the finisher, penned by men and women, but authored by my Father God. And he tells me that I need to be prayerful and thankful and do so without ceasing. And he did so through the pen of Paul, who, let me remind you, at one time was a killer of the Christians and burners of the churches. And when he went out to his first church, they were frightened when he showed up because they didn't know why he was there. His reputation preceded him far and wide, the hunter of Christians and the burner of churches. Oh yeah, what a reputation. And yet, was chosen of God and became one of the most powerful apostles for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he went through hell and high waters. Oh yes, he did. He went through some hellacious times and most of the epistles that he wrote were from being imprisoned, chained up, under house arrest, and he couldn't get to many of his churches, but he still wrote to them and tried to encourage them and exhort them and lift them up. So how can you say that you believe there's a God and yet you don't believe that he can perform miracles and that the age of miracles is finished and there are no more gifts of the Spirit? I would advise strongly that you get back to the word of God. There is nowhere in the Bible that says God will bring us to a certain point in time and then stop everything. And is that not diminishing God? How is that magnifying God? It isn't. Not in any way, shape, or form is that magnification of our Lord God all mighty. He is. Remember, brothers and sisters, I've shared these words with you before. He's omniscient, means that he knows everything. He's aware of everything. He's omnipresent, means that he can be with us wherever we go all the time. And he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Those are characteristics of our God. And there are times where it seems like he has left us. He, is, he never leaves us. 
God never leaves us. Our thoughts and our vision might be that we don't see him near us or hear him moving around us, and we may be going through a tough time. And God will allow that sometimes because that will help our faith to grow and put our trust in him where it needs to be. Brothers and sisters, trust me in this, that individuals throughout the Bible, Sarai, Abram, Moses, and others, if you look through the book of Hebrews, you'll see in Hebrews 11, that's uh, some theological teachers will call that the hall of faith, but yet there's a list of names, and you will find that there were times that those persons were going through difficult times and they tried to take it upon themselves to go it alone without God and things became rather chaotic. As soon as they realized that they had made error and they came back and they repented and said, Lord God, forgive me, God mended and it increased their faith. Brothers and sisters, there are times that we will go through things but we are to not whine and cry about it and cry out, why, oh, why, oh, why me? Instead, how about saying, what, oh, what, oh, what, my father, are you trying to teach me? Show me, father, I want to know, I want to learn, I want to be stronger. Trust me in this, brothers and sisters, it was difficult for me to do, but I find, and sometimes I slip, I do, and then I turn right around saying, Father, forgive me. You are my sovereign Lord. I am, <laughs> I'm also baffled sometimes. I listen to a regular uh, gospel station and, and gospel music. And it's about the only one I ever play anymore on my stereo and I have a stereo on my motorcycle. Yeah. And that's all I listen to. And I heard some of the, I don't know what you call them nowadays. You call them DJs or whatever. They don't spin tables anymore. They just push buttons. But And some of their commentary. And, and they're talking about being anxious. And, and the woman was, she gets so uptight and so anxious and so keyed up about stuff. And she's been talking to a doctor about medication for crying out loud. Are you serious? That's putting trust in mammon, but you don't trust your sovereign father, God, Rafa, the great physician that you put your trust in mammon and have him prescribe medication. Let me explain something to you and why this drives a thorn into my side, and why I get agitated about that. First of all, medications were put here for us by God in the form of plants and plant saps and other things that were available to us that we could draw from nature. God provided those. But then you have mammon that comes along. And they say, we can make it better, faster, and stronger. Oh, yeah, you can make it better, faster, and stronger than God by putting it in a laboratory, including all sorts of poisons inside uh, carriers. And you put uh, inert, supposed inert ingredients as a carrier for what purpose? And then you have these medications that have a litany of side effects. 
Let me share this one little anecdotal thing with you. Uh, when I was still commercially driving, I had uh, an acquaintance of mine, very good acquaintance, and we saw each other on a fairly regular basis because we happened to have to go for pickups and deliveries at the same location. And I hadn't seen him for a while, so I talked to him and I asked him where he had been. Well, the company was having some contractual issues and he got laid off and he went to work at a, um, an assisted living facility where his wife worked. She got him a job there and he was providing transportations for the uh, older folks. And he had one woman that he would take to her doctor's appointments all the time. And she was about 90 some years old then, uh, probably has gone to be with the Lord by now. But um, he remembers one time in specific that uh, specifically that he had taken her to the doctor and she disappeared. She didn't come out. And so he went in to find out where she had been. Um, but in sharing that and working up to that point, he shared with me that when he first started taking her to her doctor's appointment, she had one little bag, had a couple little bottles of pills. And he remembers that he kept taking her and that bag kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so on this one particular day, he took her and she had a bag that was the size of a shopping bag that was all full of medications. And so, um, he went in because she disappeared. She didn't come out when she was supposed to and uh, out to the lobby and he would meet her and walk her out to the vehicle. She didn't show up. So he went to trace down where she had possibly gone to. Well, what they were doing to this woman, and this is, this is atrocious. This is absolutely horrendous. They were giving her a transfusion because so many medications were in her system, the doctors who were supposed to be so knowledgeable and so wise had become so arrogant, they forgot what they had been giving her. And every single one of those medications that they were giving her were to alleviate side effects from the previous medication. So the first medication was for what ailed her. The second bottle was for um, an additional help, and it would help against the side effects for the first medication. Then they gave her another one for the side effects of that medication, but then it combined with that first one, and it gave her worse side effects, so they gave her another prescription instead of changing or deleting and just moving to something. No, they kept giving her medications, 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 and they lost track of what they were doing. They were transfusing a 90-year-old woman because they lost track of what the medication that was produced in the laboratory by Mammon was doing to this poor woman's body. And they were transfusing her. My God in heaven above, forgive us for these blind ventures, Father. Are you kidding me? So your trust is in Mammon, but yet you won't believe that God is capable? Yes, indeed, the age of miracles has stopped because you stop believing and you stop asking, you stop looking and you stay out of the word and seeking his face and truth and wisdom. You rely on mammon or you rely on self. Yes, then and there is when the age of miracles will cease and the gifts of the spirit will stop because you're not asking, you're not seeking and you're not believing. And I go to Philippians chapter four, where Paul 
is writing to the church in Philippi. Now, remember, I told you that there was a little issue going on by some folks there, and they were at odds with one another. But here, starting in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. And that translates to the word anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, at your request be made known unto God. Supplication. That is a humble prayer, asking or petitioning for them. And a petition is a request to one in authority. Now, who would that be? That would be sovereign God, creator of all things. He is above all things, created all things. All things consist by the hand and might of God, our creator and father, our good father. That's one of his characteristics. Remember that, brothers and sisters. And continuing in verse 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Some people will sound, say that that sounds arrogant, but not if he is standing up in righteousness and speaking truth. <clears throat> Arrogance is when you put yourself above and beyond anyone else, over anyone else, and belittle other people's. Paul didn't do any of those things at any time. He was never belittling. He did not degrade anyone. He did not debase anyone. He was a living example of how we should be. And he also made mention of the fact that he had to practice at things, brothers and sisters. He also exhorted us to do the same thing, to practice. It's not an easy thing for us to practice meditating on God. It's not an easy thing to pray without ceasing because there are so many distractions going on. So we have to train and exercise our minds to not be distracted by those things and be prayerful and trust that the Holy Spirit will guide at the same time. When I'm praying at my job and on my job, the Holy Spirit guides me. 
The Holy Spirit has his hand and guiding me through what I am supposed to do and helps my judgment and helps me keep people safe with and around me because that's my job. He knows that. But also we are called to pray to him for one another, over one another, and all deserve prayer. These elected officials that are these egregious, atrocious actions that they're portraying out in this country. But yet we are called to pray for them and over them that they could repent. They could do so. Repentance means changing one's mind. That's all it means. Changing one's mind and changing direction of march. They decide to say, Father God, I am sorry that we did this thing and and we want to be one nation under God again. And it won't be all of Congress, all of Senate, and all of Washington, D.C. at one time. it, It could happen. Oh my gosh, that could very well happen because here's the thing, brothers and sisters, I believe the age of miracles has not passed. I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are truthful and now just as they were in the time when the Bible was written. And again, I defy anyone to find me a scripture anywhere in the Bible that says that God will stop the age of miracles and the gifts of the Spirit at a particular point in time and that man has got it all under control. Quite the contrary. Throughout the Bible, it speaks to the fact that we need to turn to our Father God, trust our Father God, have faith in our Father God, the creator of all things, the sovereign Lord God Almighty. That, my brothers and sisters, is what the Bible calls us to do. And when I hear these folks that are on a channel that plays all this gospel, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are Christian. They could be actually very secular um, and just got the job. I'm not sure what the qualifications are there, but for them to be on there, one would think that they would be sharing more of faith in God. And and, uh, it just seems like a whole lot of secular banter going on. And, And today when I heard that the one was so anxious and and actually thinking about getting a doctor to talk to her and prescribing something. I was like, oh my God in heaven above, please don't let that happen. It, it just baffles me when folks decide to turn to mammon and put total trust in mammon, but not in God. And I've shared with you before, Oh, well, I can't see him, so how do I know? Well, you don't see the mechanic doing all the work on your car, but yet you trust that mechanic. You don't see the pilot flying the plane, but you trust that he's up there and got his hand on or around the equipment, so if anything goes on, he knows what to do. You don't just take off and he pushes a button and go into autopilot all the time, although on cross... uh, 
cross transatlantic flights or transpacific flights and long distance flights like that yeah there's autopilot when they get to a certain point give them a little bit of a rest but the pilot is still up there the co-pilot's still there there's a crew you don't see it happening but you have trust that it is otherwise and you don't see everyone working on the plane but yet you trust that it happens come on you don't see them, but you trust them. You don't see God, but you don't trust him. What the heck is going on here? Brothers and sisters, I'm going to read this list of names. And I've shared this with you all before. But these are the characteristics of our Lord, Father, God. Yahweh, I am that I am. Jehovah. Remember, when Moses said, whom shall I say sent me? I am that I am. And then he gave permission to be called Yahweh. He said, you want to call me by a name? Call me Yahweh. And in Jewish belief, early Jewish belief, and even some now, the very deeply Orthodox Jews, they leave off certain letters of the spelling of that because it's too holy to pronounce the whole word. But they're caught up in very ritualistic bits. And this was the one thing that Jesus even professed. He, he had a problem with religion because they seemed to always box up God conveniently for their use when they wanted to lift the lid and let him out on occasion. Yahweh, I am, Jehovah, and they also call him Jehovah Jireh. Almighty Lord God, my provider. Adonai. The sovereign God. In Gibor, mighty God. Elohika, Lord my God. Elohinu, Lord our God. Elohim, eternal creator. Elolam, everlasting God. El Shaddai, all sufficient. Elion, most high. Hosinu, Lord my maker. Shire, Lord my provider. Mekadi Shemkem, Lord my sanctifier. Anisi, Lord my banner. Rafa. Lord, my healer. Rohi, Lord, my shepherd. Sabbath, Lord of hosts. Shalom, Lord, my peace. Shama, my Lord is present. Siddikenu, Lord, my righteousness. Those are just a few names in a list of names that are our God. And hopefully you could follow the translation that I gave. But those are all characteristics of Lord, Father, God. All characteristics of our Lord, Father, God. He is all of those things. And he is all of those things to us all the time. And brothers and sisters, <coughs> pardon me, as I shared a little earlier, there are times where it seems that we are 
on our own, that he's left. God never leaves. That's in our perception. Our perception is that he went away. He didn't go anywhere. Totally in our perception because he promises that he will not leave nor forsake us. Leaving is when somebody simply, you know, you drop your friend off at the house and it's time for you to go to your house and you say goodnight and you leave. Forsaking is when you are going into a troubled situation when militaristically speaking, there were times where there were hard places and God takes you in there and then, boop, dumps you off and leaves and you look around and he doesn't answer, he's gone. That's forsaking. And God will never take us into a situation and just leave us alone without us being able to call on him and say, Father God, I trust you. You got this. I don't have this. You got this. Even when Isaiah spoke of those things, God just wouldn't leave alone. We would still be able to call out to him. And we would still be able to confess the fact that we are weak and he is strong. Father God, in my weakness is your strength and your strength shines. Father, Abba, Yahweh, I call for my brothers and sisters' uprightness and courage, Father. Holy Spirit, to walk with them. Keep them strong, encouraged, and upright in this dark world that we live in, Father God. That the light that is Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son within us, that it shine out like a beacon light, like the lighthouse of old that it was meant to be, to draw those that are floundering in the dark waters to the safe harbor, the safe haven, that when they come, they find that solid rock that can be anchored to and can be tied to, that solid rock in Jesus Christ. And Father God, to come ashore and come to the strong tower which you are, Father God. You are our strong tower. You are our sovereign Father, Abba Yahweh, good, good Father. Yahweh, Aman, Yahshua, Aman, Paraklitos, Aman. Brothers and sisters, love y'all, and I pray for y'all. You have a good night. Be blessed.